Hi guys, this is your host and creator, Monica, for your favorite podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I'm just doing this quick little intro before the podcast starts to give you some background information. First and foremost, my guests are from a podcast called Busty Asian Beauties, which is basically a reference to Supernatural. It's a TV show that um, we, the three of us, have all watched and we're all fans of. And the reason why I brought them on the show is because I wanted to talk about a movie that was close enough to Supernatural in the same kind of time period that Supernatural was released. So that's what we're talking about in the episode. Also, in the middle of the episode, there's going to be an abrupt cut, and that's just an editing error. Um, not really an error, but we were recording this on Google Meet. And for some reason, when you record or have a video call on Google Meet and you have more than two people, um, you can't do it for more than an hour. I don't know why, but that's why there's an abrupt cut in the middle of there. So sorry about that. I'm going to try and play some music in the middle to try and like, you know, make it a smooth enough transition. But I just want to give you that background that context first and foremost anyways thank you so much for listening enjoy the podcast share with your friends and family join the patreon you know all that stuff all right bye hi guys welcome and welcome back to the podcast i've been meaning to watch that i am your host monica and i am joined by two very special very wonderful very amazing guests with me today and i'm just gonna let you guys uh go ahead and introduce yourself to my listeners Oh, well, I'm, yeah, (laughs) go Crystal. (laughs) Hi, uh, we are Busty Asian Beauties, uh, a supernatural podcast. I am Crystal, one of the co-hosts, the one who only knows about supernatural from social media. Yeah, and I'm Gray. I am the the co-host that is familiar with supernatural for a long time and has watched like every episode prior to recording the podcast. So, yeah, that's that's our dynamic in the show, and we're very happy to be here. Yeah, we are. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. Um, these is like they said, Crystal and Gray. They are the co-hosts of Busty Asian Beauties, which is a supernatural podcast. It's basically a rewatch podcast of the show Supernatural that ran for fifteen whole seasons from two thousand five to two thousand and twenty. And if you don't understand the title of their um, podcast, that means you're mm-hmm. not in on the joke you're not part of the crew you're not cool so you know but <laughs> perhaps not watching supernatural yeah. makes you more cool <laughs> yeah i feel like actually if you know what we're talking about that may hit you a little bit on the coolness spectrum but you know you're cool to us and that's what's important yeah yeah awesome. you have utility to us as possible listeners mm-hmm. so that makes you cool Crystal. yes <laughs> yeah all right and guys, thank you so much for joining us again on another week, new week, new guests, new topics. And this week, we are going to be talking about Constantine, we're going to talk about Good Omens, sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy shows with a little bit of religious undertones. But before we jump mm-hmm. into that, before we jump into that, uh, we're going to get into the segment Can't Wait to Watch, where we talk about new releases and entertainment news that is coming out. Um breaking on your twitter timeline and the first thing that i would like to touch on is the fact that black mirror is coming out yes and i truly thought the show was over like i thought we were done i i also also thought thought it was over Mm -hmm. because 
the last one was the Bandersnatch one, right? Like that was the last release under the Black Mirror name, no, or was it was... the last season? There was season five with the three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, and after that one, I really thought it was done, and mm. uh, I always thought that Black Mirror kind of run its course already. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the vibe that there is to Black Mirror. I feel like nowadays, because back when it was releasing, it was like this um, very creative and new thing. And then as the seasons went on, it became more like, oh, it's just another Black Mirror episode. So it's fascinating to see what they will bring now that the perspective on like the, the messages that Black Mirror are trying to say are much more different. Like the reaction of the audience is much more different. Then I feel like it was back when it was first being released. So what do you think about that? Yeah, um, Black Mirror, for those who don't know, it's a Netflix show, it's an anthology show created by Charlie Brooker. Brooker? Brooker, I think it is. And yeah, I like when the show first came out, it was just on the BBC, I believe, or Channel 4. Mm-hmm. And I think that when the show was just on like Channel 4, it was a lot better than when it came on Netflix because the first two seasons are really, really good. And I feel like they had genuine commentary on like, you know, um, social political views and also how technology and social media like have changed the way that people interact with things. Like there were like very suspenseful and satirical tales in the episodes of Black Mirror. Uh, A lot of people would compare it to like, a Charlie Kaufman film, you know, like Eternal Spot, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, where it's kind of like, you don't really know where it's going with this, but it's so interesting, it's so different, and like, the show explores potential realities and how it um, kind of like satirizes our own reality in a way. And the newer seasons on Netflix, I feel like kind of lose that appeal because um, I it makes me, I remember like season three, I think that was the first season that it was like the Netflix produced Black Mirror and Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard. She had the episode where like people are like rating you on social media. Oh, no yeah. reactions. It was Nosedive, yeah. Yeah, Nosedive. And I mean, I feel like I like that episode, but at the same time, there was, it didn't really have like the deep analysis or like, um, ex- like the deep analysis on like culture that it did in like previous seasons like the episodes with Daniel Kaluuya and like the kids that are in like yeah. I don't know where they are but like they're trying to get like famous and they get credits and like blah 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 all that stuff that episode compared to like Nosedive is such a stark in contrast difference because that episode is literally like oh everyone's attached to their phones everyone's fake and you're all trying to like please each other and like ooh pastel cookie cutter world but like when you think about the real world if you did interact with someone like Bryce Dallas Howard, you probably wouldn't like her character or her friend's character. And mm-hmm. I feel like the show, mm-hmm. that episode was also kind of making fun of people who are like attached to their phones. Like, oh my gosh, girls just like take pictures of their food all the time and OOTD every single day. And like, you guys are obsessed with Instagram. Like, it's kind of like, here's this grown man who is like um, in his 40s and he made a whole episode about how much he hates social media. You know, yeah, like, I yeah. I feel like sort of the commentary that I thought that Nosedive was trying to make was more about like, um, like I know like in China they have like a social 
like point system, right? Which mm. is determined by your behavior and like your nationalism and stuff and the one of people of the ones of people around you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like sort of roots of that in other countries and credit scores and things. I feel mm-hmm. like the parts of nosedive I found most interesting were the ways that like certain like housing or like seats on the plane or whatever would be denied to you based off of your rating. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the interface by which they do that in the episode with the girls beyond their phones is definitely yeah. not maybe the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. It is definitely, um, I mean, it's an interesting commentary. And also Black Mirror is like an interesting show nonetheless. I am. Yes, that's true. I'm kind of intrigued by what season six will offer because Charlie literally said like, oh yeah, I'm not making any more Black Mirror because like we've gone too deep off of, we've gone off the deep end with her life. Like we can't poke fun at this anymore. Like we can't talk about societal norms because things have been flipped around and turned upside down. Like we flipped it and put it in reverse, you know, but I'm, I'm excited because a lot of the um, people who are going to be in season six, are people that I really love and people I really mm. enjoy. Um, there is, of course, Homegirl from Shit's Creek. She's going to be in episode of season six, which I'm very excited for. And then. Oh, Annie Murphy? Annie Murphy, yes. That is her name. Oh, yeah. exciting. Yes. And also, there is an actress. Her name is Mihaela Harold. I may have said her first name wrong, but she is like. A leading she has a leading role in the show industry on hbo and i love that show industry if you guys are sad the succession ended you need to watch industry on hbo because it's so good and she is also going to be in black mirror season six so i'm i'm really excited about that as well yeah yeah black mirror is in general a very like like even as you say like the themes and motifs are kind of a bit of a lower quality in the later mm-hmm. seasons it's the fact that they like the first few ones are good and i do wonder whether they're gonna build up from the few from the later seasons or like go back to their roots mm-hmm. but yeah that's i feel like that's the question in my head of like oh wh- which path are they taking season six mm-hmm. yeah i've mm-hmm. i'm actually genuinely excited to watch it like i think i saw it on like the netflix list you know like list of shows that are releasing on netflix and it was the only one that i was like oh well that's really cool and i'm looking forward to that yeah me too i feel like um there aren't a lot of episodes in black mirror's uh, new york seasons that i really love i think san junipero is definitely like a fan favorite for that one Mm. because it's like it was the first one i ever watched (laughs) because you know i was it is also the first one i ever watched (laughs) due to being a bisexual it was a lot of Uh yeah I mean, it makes sense. Like the show, the episode is literally about like you know a same-sex romance story that has a happy ending, but it's also set. It has a sci-fi setting, and it really is like mm-hmm. the happiest episode of Black Mirror, which yeah. makes it really like the best episode of Black Mirror. And also, it's like one of the only ones that won an Emmy as well. So I'm, mm. I don't know if they're gonna try and bring back that hopefulness in season six but i do think Mm -hmm. they're gonna try and make up for season five because i don't i didn't really like season five i feel like the episodes were kind of like meh in the quality yeah 
I kind of like the episode with Miley Cyrus because it yeah, was yeah, yeah. an analysis on like parasocial norms and like um, mm. how a lot of times capitalism will take celebrities and take like the sanitized and surface level image that they present to us as the fans and market that off to their fans even though there is a real person underneath it and of course there yeah. was that sh- that episode was like more like slapstick comedy so it wasn't meant to be taken like entirely seriously but i still feel like there was a message there that could have been like uh said with um you know yeah. is this young girl really going to um be obsessed with this robot who is the sanitized version of the celebrity she loves or is she gonna realize that like the celebrity mm-hmm. she loves is a person and they have faults and failures and they are not infallible and they are not the idealized version that you think of them in their head but they're a real person and mm-hmm. i think in the beginning of that episode like that does hold up but then it kind of falls off a little bit after, yeah uh you know things happen but um <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for season six you know or at least i'm mm-hmm. hopeful that it's going to be mm-hmm. better than the one before yeah mm-hmm. and no yeah. matter what i'm glad annie murphy has work oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i love it when you see an actor in a show you love and you're like oh my god please oh my gosh please i don't want this to be the last thing you're in and then you see them keep booking things and you're like yes right yes yeah Oh, we love to see it. We love to see a 2023 in the IMDb <laughs> discography yeah. area. Uh-huh. And then the next thing that's coming out on Netflix is Never Have I Ever, which is, um, I think it's the only show that I hate watch now. No. Oh my god, I couldn't watch it. I, mean, I didn't watch the latest season. I won't be watching yeah. this season. I stopped after season two. I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I gave it a chance, like, a season mm-hmm. one, because, like, I love Mindy Kaling. I think she's phenomenal. I love the Mindy Project. And I was really excited to watch a, a you know, a show about an Indian-American, you know, first-generation teenager, how she, like, navigates high school and all this stuff. And I feel like the right. first season had a very interesting premise, uh, talking about, like, uh-huh. grief and identity and family yes. and just, like, the first episode alone and, like, learning more about her. But I feel like the premise... Yeah. It just went, fuck that. Let's just do a love triangle. Yeah, I feel like they should have stuck closer to her grieving her father and Mm -hmm. her relationship with her mother. I'm glad that, like, in season one, they did generally have that be a huge part of the show. But I feel like a lot of people have discovered this on TikTok that, like, Mindy Kaling, for some reason, whenever she has a character who is brown... They hate being brown. And I don't get that. Like, for some reason, like, Davey finds it, like, embarrassing when she goes to, like... I forget which episode it is, season one, but it's, like, this episode where, like, there's this festival being held at her high school. And it's, like, you know, this cultural thing. And it's super cool and super neat. And, like, me, like, I'm Haitian-American. So, like, I'm very much into my own culture. Like, the Mm -hmm. country of Haiti and all that. And so Davey... um, kind of acting like oh this isn't cool oh why am i doing this like acting like of course a typical teenager or whatever but at the same time it's kind of like this is really neat to me like i'm i'm invested in this like i'm interested in this everyone's wearing like all these really cute like dresses and like shawls like everyone's showing up and like you're in your star like i love it like the jewelry like the bangles you know everything is like so cute and then she's just kind of like rolling her eyes at it and it's like 
girl, I understand like she's a teenager and like teenagers are annoying, but like there's only so <laughs> you can only be so annoying for so long. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. And there's also just the fact that I haven't watched any of Mindy Kaling's previous work, but I've heard that she often puts herself in certain characters in romances with white men who are very BJ Novak types, Mm -hmm. like, due to her own romantic history. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is often to the detriment of Never Have I Ever. Also, like, her friends, Davy's friends, have no personalities or, like, one personality trait each. And I just, I can't watch high school movies where there is a friend group, but the friend group is so nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just not a fun watch. I commend you for continuing to hate watch because <laughs> I don't have the strength. The thing is, is that, like, some parts of it are good. Like, some parts are good, and it does get better with time, but of course they were still, like, the fallacies in the show. Like, they try to introduce a new love interest in season three. I saw that in the trailer and went, no thank you. (laughs) And, like, he's brown and he's hot, and I'm like, okay, yeah, he could work out. But then, of course, that always happens in TV shows. I don't know why this always happens, but, like, you have Mm -hmm. your main love interests who's interested in someone else and you introduce someone new and I feel like this usually happens with um the main character when they already have someone that they're interested in someone they're dating someone they like whatever and Mm -hmm. when for whatever reason the connection is severed it doesn't work out they break up the new love interest that's always introduced is someone of color like it was Mm -hmm. Aisha Tyler and friends it was um Kirby Howell Baptiste and the good place and mm. now it is homeboy in uh never have i ever like you always right. bring in a new love interest who is a person of color because ooh diversity ooh someone different but also you know they're not gonna survive like you know they're not gonna like yeah. be there like they're not end game like they're just introducing them like um who's the other guy jordan i forget his last name i but, don't know actor names um homeboy from um to all the boys I loved before in, 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 in the second movie. The new guy. Oh, I never him. watched that no. one, but I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. They always bring in a new love interest. It's always a person of color, and they yep. never make yep. it. They're yep. never the end game. Yeah. Like, they just throw them in there, and it's like, there you go. Someone different. Someone right, different. Yeah. Check it out. And also, yeah. the these people are just people. emotional father. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. they're always better. Uh-oh. They're always better mm-hmm. than the, mm-hmm. the first love interest. But for some reason, but, you know, they go back to the first one. Why? Yep. They like messiness and horror, I guess. Yeah. The drama TV show is, in fact, about the drama. <laughs> is what we have learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it because it is the last season. Mm-hmm. And... We're just gonna we're gonna see how it ends off because season three ended off yeah. with a really good cliffhanger and I kind of wish that season three made season four go in a different direction but unfortunately mm-hmm. it didn't but um, okay what I, is the season four trailer like I have not seen it um season four trailer uh so spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched uh, Never Have I Ever basically Davy and Ben have hooked up. Boo. Okay. And 
Davy and Paxton are on the outs. And yeah. now they're in their senior year and they're trying to figure out, you know, what's the tea? Like, what's next for Davy and her friends? And like, you are right. Like, Davy and her, Davy's friends don't even have that much personality. Like, mm-hmm. one of her friends, the one that's interested in theater, she's Oh, yeah. Like, Eleanor is just comic relief most of the time. Like, El- there's the thing with her mom, but it really isn't played with the gravity that, or the gravity feels incongruous with like the rest of Eleanor's personality. Mm-hmm. I feel like Eleanor is like the funniest person on the show, but also she, in my opinion, is the best actor in the cast besides Davy's mom. Like mm-hmm. Davy's mom and Eleanor are two of the funniest people. And also her English teacher, he's really funny, but that's cause I've seen him in other stuff. So him being in the show is like, of course he's in the show. Like, like he's so good in it and i wish he had more of a character arc i like that he's um davy's cousin's love interest in season three like i find that cute Mm. but eleanor is 30. like she's she's fully 30. and the the only reason why she passes us a teenager is because like she's like five foot two yeah good for her yeah and that yeah i'll be a teenager for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) that reminds me of how um in season one, the actress who plays Davy, she was 18, and the guy mm-hmm. who plays Paxton was 29. Yep. 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 Sir, you 20 have... what? 29. 29. Oh, oh my wait. god. Great, great. Well... Here's your connection to this. Paxton plays the other love interest in Love Hard. The... Oh, What's his name? Yeah! Like, not Chip. It's yeah, not Shaz. Really... It's something it's like, like that. Tag, Des? Like, tag. yeah. <laughs> It's tag, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know about Love Hard? No, I don't. What is that? What is that? <laughs> um, it's a movie that me and Crystal have talked about to end. For being bad. It's basically for being, well, yeah. And it's a movie featuring um, Jimmy O. Young and some oh, other people. Oh, is this a yeah. catfish movie? Yes, it's the fucking yes! catfish movie! <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh my god. Uh, have you watched it or like? No, I was going to watch it, but then like <laughs> someone told me like what the movie was about, and I was like, oh, I'm not yeah. this. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I if- didn't know what it was about. We watched it as a family for Christmas, <laughs> and I was like the entire time I was horrified. Like, what is happening? Oh so that's a fun movie experience. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And I watched. It I can't with... believe they made the guy from there act like he's a teenager. But yeah, I yeah, guess it's no, Hollywood. He plays the yeah. love interest of an eighteen-year-old actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't really work because, like, I remember watching the first season, and I was like, "Does he have crow's feet?" <laughs> Hello, <laughs> like he looks like a teacher. You know, like, he right. looked like a grown adult. And it was also, like, low-key awkward because, like, you know, Davey is talking about how much she wants to, like, make out with Paxton and, like, lose her virginity to Paxton. And I'm like, girl, mm-hmm. he is too old for you. What is going on? <laughs> like, babe. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... I'm going to watch Never Have I Ever and give it its proper send-off because I'm in too deep. 
Um, mm-hmm. There were plenty of times where I wanted yeah. to stop watching the show, and I fully was like, I can't stop watching this. I can't. <laughs> yeah. The thing about this. the thing about hate watching, as you said earlier, is that it needs to be a little bit good. Like you need to see a light at the end of the tunnel where it can have a good ending. Mm-hmm. So you that keeps you going, that keeps you watching, and then every single time it disappoints you, you're like, well. That's just how it is, but also maybe not, and mm-hmm. that's that's really what gets you going as a hate watcher. Mm. Yeah, I think the one thing that like kind of sank, not sank the show, but I feel like one thing that the show should have stayed focused on was Davy and her yeah. like discovering herself, her identity, dealing with grief, getting to know her mom, learning more about her culture, like switching the show and like focusing more on like the romance and like. Davy's love life it's not it it's not that it made the show bad it's just that the show wasn't as like full I guess is mm-hmm. what I was saying like it kind of like fell back on its faults of like let's make this a typical teen genre show which is fine like you can have a show with um when your uh, main character is a person of color and they don't have to be focused on their culture they don't have to be exploring like who they are as like an indian american or black person or someone who's indigenous like they can fully be a teenager and be indian and like that's fine the only problem is that Davy sucks at dating. She sucks at being a teenager. She's very annoying. And it's hard to like a character who keeps making the worst decisions ever and keeps like just like messing up. Messing up. And like the one thing that would keep her in check is going to therapy, but she stopped going to therapy and like Oh no. And then it's like, babe, what are we doing? So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Mm -hmm. feel like Never Have I Ever is sort of crazy ex-girlfriend-esque. And I feel like that show works at having an unlikable protagonist because Mm -hmm. she's very humanized and also the other characters are likable. Whereas, I don't know, I feel like Never Have I Ever. It's very, like, Davy is the main character, but also she is going to be annoying the whole time and her friends are going to be very flat. So, Yeah. yeah, not really a hook for anybody to watch. I'm just hoping that it finishes strong, or at least we just finish. Like, I don't need a college year season. I don't need a movie. I just want it to be done after season four, you know? And I do hope that, like, the actress who plays Davy, that at least, like, after the show ends, that she mm-hmm. still finds work. And we do see yeah. her in other things, because I do think she's a good actress. Like, you cannot play a character that annoying and not be a good actor. Like, she's a good actress. <laughs> she's funny. Like, she's funny and she's also adorable. And mm-hmm. I feel like she would be great at something else. Like, her and Alana Candor, like, I want them both to succeed and flourish outside their oh, careers. Oh, shit. She voiced Priya in Turning Red. Oh, I did yeah, not know did. that. Yeah, she did. That is cool. Honestly, that's, that's cool. amazing for her. And I also want to say, if the white boy from Never Have I Ever has a bigger career after the show ends than that mm. plays Davey, I will be mm. mad. Yeah. I will be mad. Yeah. Simple. Point blank period. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, last thing on the docket is that there have been a bunch of layoffs going on at Pixar. Um, Walt Disney's Pixar targets Lightyear execs among 75 job cuts. And of course, this is kind of falling into trend with a lot of other um, layoffs that have been happening 
at Disney, it is like, it's kind of like disappointing how this is happening. Disney has been implementing, has implemented a lot of layoffs in like every division when it comes to Mm -hmm. like film, television, streaming services, and the theme parks as well. And of course, people have been talking about how like the entertainment industry, it's not the most solid industry, yes, but like these layoffs um, in tandem with like the writer strike where, Mm -hmm. you know, writers simply just want to be paid what they are due and they want to have like steady work and like steady income and not have to like struggle to like find job after job after job because like writers rooms are getting smaller and like the time it takes to produce shows are cutting it shorter to save money but they still make so much money on the returns of these shows that are put on streaming services Mm -hmm. like it's disappointing and you know a lot of these decisions are really questionable and it just shows like these companies are not appreciative of their artists or even of like original filmmaker driven ideas you know what i mean like layoffs are in tandem with the writer's strike which is in tandem with like us seeing like prequels and like sequels being the big number in the box Mm -hmm. office it's just it's so disappointing it's just so annoying Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I don't know if you guys know this, but um, I believe um, the person who was laid off, one of the people who was laid off at Walt Disney was a woman who, um, she had basically kept the original copy of... Of Toy Story? To- yeah, Toy Story 2. And they had like a race, like 90% of the film. And then... Yeah. <laughs> and then like her having like the physical copy, her name is Gail uh, Sussman, her having a physical copy at home um, help them like revive this sh- movie so that it could be made. Oh. And she was laid off from Pixar, which is really disappointing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about all that's happening in like the entertainment industry? I don't know if you're like a prize of it or if like you kind of know. Not what's going particularly. On. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like the writer's strike is um, like. Of course, something I feel like everyone is very aware of, but mm-hmm. I think um, so. I feel, uh, but the other stuff like the the Pixar layoffs, um, not something in that was in my um, radar until mm-hmm. I saw that uh, that tweet about like the Toy Story two production, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, what's up with that? And then I like saw it from what you said. Uh, like the the documents that you said uh yeah. prior and i was like oh so that's what's happening and that's the only time i was able to like read up on it yeah and i feel like it's so important that people stay apprised of this because mm-hmm. right now there are a lot of people upset by the fact that like there are a lot of like sequels and like remakes being pushed out by hollywood and that's like the big draw into the box office and one thing that people have to consider is that like this is what's making money this is what people are going to watch yeah it's based on nostalgia there's already the original ip and already mm-hmm. the original audience and of course like are all the remakes good not all of them are great okay and do they all make all, a boatload of money not all of them but most of them do make a lot of money and like most people mm-hmm. do go mm-hmm. and watch them because it is has the dr- family appeal and the family draw and it's an easy rewatch to have and you have to consider the idea that like disney is going to run out of things to remake 
Disney is going to run right. out of original IPs and stories and like fables to make movies out of. And when they run out of ideas, what is going to be left? Because writers are not getting paid their fair due. They're not being able to like provide and like, you know, be able to support themselves. And when there are films that are original ideas, um, like Elemental is one that's coming out right now is original. Yeah. Film. And Soul was a movie before that. And Soul didn't see the same return that like Disney expected it to see, but it still did pretty well. Um, when those original ideas don't do well and you have people writing them and you are not giving like um, writers the funding or the job security that they need and mm-hmm. you see all these layoffs from these huge corporations um, and they're not keeping on the people that are loyal to them, the people that are creating this artistic vision, the people that are dedicating their lives to you know doing the CGI, the writing, the producing for your films. They're going to replace them with AI because you don't really have to pay AI. You you know have right, an yeah. idea, you go through the AI, and you hire a couple people to edit the script that the AI created, and then make it into a full thing. And you don't pay it pay them what they're due because you didn't write this. You simply edited mm-hmm. a script that was already created by artificial intelligence you know and writers just want um a good deal for like better work hours residuals and like better wages you know they want job security they want something they want to get what they deserve and Mm -hmm. all of this just kind of bleeds in together because like i feel this was bound to happen like due to the pandemic like um hollywood was kind of put at a halt because people weren't on set and now with the writer's strike going on, it's put on halt once again because this is just like an ongoing labor dispute. And, you know, they just want to get their fair due yeah. and they don't want to be replaced by artificial intelligence because what can artifi- yeah. artificial intelligence, what can that really do for you that like, like if you want someone to write a story about their childhood, you can't ask a robot. Like artificial mm-hmm. intelligence mm-hmm. takes results from a million different websites and clusters it all together into one prepackaged thing. And oftentimes it's not accurate. Oftentimes it's not right. And you cannot mm-hmm. make everything everywhere all at once. You can't make Turn yeah. Red. You can't make a Moonlight. You can't make Black Panther. You can't make these phenomenal movies from AI. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not possible. Like, fundamentally, AI is taking from sources. Mm -hmm. And, like, I mean, everyone is. But there is an aspect of when a human being is creating something, there's something original, there's something new there. And we need, like, fresh blood. So it's, it's, you know, like, to rely solely on what is already out there and just, you know, it's, it's, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's so frustrating having to like see this happen in real time and seeing Mm -hmm. um just like corporate executives make stupid decisions like you see this new fancy shiny tool and you're like "Ooh, let's play with it let's see what this brings us and like no this is not going to help you like and you really think about like original ideas like hbo was like the hub of like smart amazing television shows like succession and barry and game of thrones and now y'all are stuck with things like the idol like yeah babe. <laughs> it's, yeah it's kind of like that is like we have to do better you know mm. yeah did you watch the first episode of the idol or no no, no. well no. yeah i have i have a couple of friends who did and they were all like don't give it your time or yeah. your 
effort or your anything. What is the idol? The idol is um, it's the one with Jenny. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's on H- HBO. It's on yeah, it's on HBO, and basically, it's created by The Weeknd and um, okay. Sam Levison like from the singer. Yeah, the singer. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Sam Levison from Euphoria, and the show follows this girl Jocelyn. She's like this rising star. She wants to be like a pop star, and she um, goes under a nervous breakdown on her first tour, and mm-hmm. she wants to be like famous. So she starts working with this guy who is played by The Weeknd who uh-huh. um, I think is like a nightclub owner or like he's a rich dude and basically it's supposed to be like this dark twisted drama or whatever uh-huh. it's kind of being compared to euphoria and mm. you know all this stuff around the show like fame and like the price of success and like um exploitation and the original idea of the show was so much different was so different because it was focused on yeah the woman it was focused on lily rose depp it was focused on her character her development her arc and what it's like to be a woman who wants to be successful in the music industry and the things that you have to sacrifice and the way that you are Uh exploited as an artist as a person by your fans and by your management and then um when the show was first originally like produced and like pitched to hbo and first being filmed that was a premise with sam levison and amy Simon, I th- believe that's her name, or something like that. Um, she's from the Girlfriend mm-hmm. Experience. That was a show that she did, and Amy was fired from the show, or she was pushed out by the weekend, and they rewrote okay. the entire show. And okay. instead of focusing on Jocelyn, aka Lily Rose Depp, it's like let's focus on the people who are exploiting her, who are taking advantage mm. of her, who are harming her, and let's make it fun. Like let's make it fun. Okay, let's yeah. make it like bad, you know? And, yeah. Like, the Rolling Rolling Stone released an article about it talking about like you know how it was on set and like the culture and how Sam Levinson is not like a great person to work with and the weekend mm-hmm. responded to it saying that Rolling Stone is irrelevant which okay doesn't help your show at all yeah yeah so yeah overall it's not looking good and um mm-hmm. also season three of Euphoria still has to come out like mm yeah. There's the idol, and then after I'm that not, yeah. Euphoria. Yeah. It's a cultural moment, Euphoria. And yeah. yeah. I feel like the first season, it had something there. And then the second season, like, got a little too big for its britches. You know what I mean? I have never watched Euphoria, but okay. I've heard things. You're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you are definitely lucky. I have never. I've never watched Euphoria, but alas, the people around me have, and it <laughs> sure does show in the makeup that they're now wearing. And I support that. Like, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. It looks fun. The makeup looks fun. But um, the things I've heard from the show are a bit intense. Yeah. It is an intense show, and, like, I love Zendaya. I love her mm-hmm. down. Of course, but it yeah. it also kind of feels... Zendaya, I feel like, is doing, like, the almost... The smarter version of like I need to break out of my Disney pop um um image. Right. So I'm gonna go into a show that is adult. Like season one of Euphoria was pretty good. And like even season one, season two, she won an Emmy for both seasons. Regardless, she is a phenomenal actress. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like I'm shedding the Disney image and I am an adult now. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like cruel. Right. 
what are we doing here? You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, Euphoria Season 3, I think it's going to have a time jump of a couple years. Uh-huh. So I don't know how that's going to be handled. Um, at first, I saw a rumor that, like, Zendaya isn't returning for Season 3. But apparently she oh. is. And she also uh-huh. is getting paid a million dollars an episode. So... <laughs> Good for her. Honestly, good for her. But, yeah, like, every time I see Euphoria on my timeline, it's always about somebody dropping out of the cast. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think... Yeah. Great! And I think my main takeaway is that I don't like movies. <laughs> Your main takeaway is that you don't like movies? <laughs> I feel like you enjoyed it, but I feel like I very much did not. <laughs> what? Um, so funny to me. When, when Crystal, um, like Crystal, like messaged me a little bit about Constantine, and the first thing they said was, "You're Catholic, so I think you'd like this." <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. And you know what? I think that did help a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, I thought know, it even might. For me, yeah. Even for me, I was like, this is too Catholic. Like, yeah. we need to tone this down. This is a bit much. Mm-hmm. So that, that says a lot about the um, messages of the movie, <laughs> I feel. I feel like with um, most sci-fi fantasy, sh- fantasy shows or fantasy movies, they don't rely that heavily on like religious ideology and like Constantine mm-hmm. and then like shows like Good Omens and of course Supernatural mm-hmm. have that. It's just like, it's just part of the lore. It's just part of the show. It's part yeah. of the background. It's part of the themes. Mm-hmm. So of course you're going to go into it, you know, and it's not in a way where it's like Bible study, but it's a way where it's like background, you know, it's like general mm-hmm. theology. And the funny thing about the movie Constantine is like this movie came out um around the same time keanu reeves was really famous for like matrix so yeah it was kind of like in like his like he was like the guy at that time he was there is a vibe of the matrix here especially with the like time stopping parts and Mm -hmm. i was like oh this must have been released somewhere near that time where keanu was like known for that so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it definitely was um I don't know how else to say this. Like, it was definitely a two thousands movie. Yeah. Like, hmm. the, yeah. Like the dialogue, you know the, um, the imagery. Like, of course, the technology at that time. Like, you can't help the way that it looks. Like, it looks the way it looks. But mm. I also yeah. kind of like the movie because I feel like some of the editing and the story and like the cinematography is a little bit ahead of its time, and I feel like this. I, I find it interesting when, like, it was announced in 2022 that there was going to be, like, a Constantine 2 being produced. Yeah. I don't know if that's still happening. I doubt it because, like, he, um, Keanu or has already done, like, John Wick. And I'm sure he's busy with, like, other projects as well. But if Constantine 2 mm-hmm. is happening, I'm not against it, I guess. But, like, you know, maybe doing a sequel of a, of a movie that came out, like, over 10 years ago maybe that's not the ip you want to like revive maybe we could do something else yeah yeah especially because as you said it feels very of its time mm-hmm. so it's fascinating like are they going to go back to the vibe of the time or are they going to make something that feels very 2020 something mm-hmm. you know it's it's 
it's it's something to wonder about if it does happen yeah right and i wanted to talk about constantine because i feel like excuse me this movie coming out in 2005 same year that supernatural aired yep (laughs) sure did it's just like there are so there are similarities to it almost like you know the brooding sad attractive man who is the chosen one and exercises demons and has to save people and they are damned they are damned hell like it's yeah it's so something something about me that i have mentioned in bad pod our podcast is I hate it when men are broody. So like when they're brooding and they're like, oh my God, like life is so miserable. I'm going to be so rude about it. It's like, uh, I, I don't particularly like that. So the, mm-hmm. pretty much the entire time this oh. show, I was like, he, um, well, John Constantine, stop being so rude. Stop yeah. being so snarky. Yeah. You know, stop like so I get sassy. it, you're dying. But be fun about it. Be, be, yeah. be nice about it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the scene where he's talking to Angela about her dead sister and he's being like such a fucking asshole about mm. her sister having killed herself like yesterday. Like why? Yeah, what's the exactly. point? Like what's like, going on here? I feel like like I feel like this is a very like BB Sherlock-esque phenomenon where they're like this guy is like so smart and so above everyone else that he just has to be a fucking asshole but no it actually takes effort to be an asshole Uh like this isn't like the default state of genius you're just being a dick yeah like your narcissism isn't cute it's not sexy like get over yourself you know yeah like I understand that like yeah he is like the movie itself was a lot for me to watch and what? even when i like what? recommended it and i watched the trailer i'm like oof i don't know how i'm gonna get through this <laughs> like it's definitely different what's because, funny like, is hmm. what's funny is when we me and crystal were like because you sent like a list of things that we can watch and mm-hmm. i was like well, let's choose on this one. And then we went on Constantine. And the first line of the plot is, in Wikipedia, in Mexico, a scavenger recovers the tip of the spear that pierced Jesus Christ from a ruined church and, after becoming possessed, takes it to Los Angeles. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot. I'm sold. Let's do it. And it was a lot. I was not expecting how a lot it was. Yeah. It was kind of like yeah. an extended supernatural episode in like season four, like very apocalypse coded, mm-hmm. you know. Right, but the thing about the apocalypse here that's different from supernatural and good omens is that the supernatural and good omens apocalypse is like heaven and hell are both bad, and they've been fighting for the balance of earth, and earth is going to be like the battleground for these forces to meet and like destroy the earth but like one will triumph over the other etc whereas this one was just like like lucifer's loser son wants to come to earth for no reason Mm -hmm. just to fuck things up (laughs) which i feel like interests me a lot less because we don't really learn that much about like i forgot how they pronounce his name mamon's yeah, we don't learn much about the lore behind Maman or, like, yeah. what he wants. Mm-hmm. We just assume that it's bad. 
And mm-hmm. in that way, like, I think Heaven is very absent from the general plot. Like, we just have Gabriel, whose hotness really saved the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for as, like, the only angel-related character. And it's like, oh, well, he's bad. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It's a less interesting apocalypse setup than the one in Supernatural and Good Omens to me. Yeah. Also, um, because it doesn't have any levity to it. Like, it doesn't have yeah. any, like, humor, you know? It's all serious. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because, you know, Supernatural is a TV show. So, they're gonna need to ha- to strike that balance more than a movie that's just two hours long. Because it's mm-hmm. gonna be a longer experience. But... I feel like, I mean, um, I don't see how they would make this movie funny, you know? <sighs> like, I get what they're trying to do, and it is what it is, but it does feel a little bit of a detriment to the experience as a watcher to watch a movie that's kind of very, like, plot-heavy and, like, action-action all the time. And not have any like breathing breathing space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that like Constantine as a film, it's definitely interesting. I love the lore. I love like the, like the story. It kept me engaged enough. And I think, of course, it's one of those films where it's like the plot kind of works. The script not that great. But guess what? <laughs> you have a, enough good act. You have like good enough actors that can carry the movie on their backs. Or like you want to keep watching. Like Rachel Weisz, one of the best actresses there is. Like Rachel Weisz, Keanu Reeves, um, Dijou Hudman, like all these amazing actors being in this movie, carrying it, kind of kept me like wanting to. Like it kept me interested in the film. I don't know how you would introduce humor into a movie like this. Yeah. I feel like they did mean for it to It would be... change the movie. Yeah. yeah. They did mean for this movie to be serious. Like, in comparison to, like, Good Omens, where it is a humorous show. Like, mm-hmm. the show is very funny in its light, and it pokes fun at itself sometimes. And, like, that's Neil Gaiman in his own works, you know? Like, Good Omens is a show based on the books written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. And, like that's funny like supernatural is was serious at times but it still was funny and humorous yeah. at certain times like they had to keep it light you know but uh i feel like constantine was a movie that like took itself pretty seriously mm-hmm. yes. in the material and in the writing and it's not that it's not supposed to be taken seriously it's just that it's kind of like okay you take yourself seriously but there are some things that like get lost in translation there are some symbols and some things that he says, like you don't have context for, mm. and it's oh just yeah, kind of like we're watching a whole bunch of something, but I don't know yeah. what. Something that I is. found funny, something I found funny was, um, I think maybe Crystal wants to talk about this, but mm-hmm. but like the race aspect of the movie yeah. in general. But for me, something I found funny was. <laughs> Um, Because the first family of the girl that gets possessed is Filipino, right? And Mm -hmm. I am Filipino. So I speak the language. They're speaking Mandarin at the end. No, but I think it's like an Asian complex. And the family is Filipino. (laughs) (laughs) I think. I think that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a part where the girl who was possessed is in the subtitles speaking a demonic language and she's literally speaking Tagalog. Like she's literally oh speaking God, Tagalog no. and I thought that's so oh, funny. Yeah. 
She said like, um, wait. I wrote down the thing that she said. I thought it was hilarious. She said, "Mamatay natin sila," which is Filipino saying, um, "Let's kill them," basically, but like uh-huh. in wrong grammar. So I don't okay. know what they were doing, but I thought they it was really hilarious. pulled up Google Translate for that one. Yeah, what's funny is like the the accent is accurate. Like how I would speak Filipino is how the Filipino there was spoken, but like the grammar was so weird. I was like, "What is going on?" So I thought that was hilarious. Like that I think hilarious. that happens like less than ten minutes into the movie, and I already was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> great." So yeah. Yeah, okay, because they're speaking, her parents are speaking Mandarin at the end. They're going like, quick, quick, get her some water, what even went on here. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess this is just a, a general yeah, there was a Filipino East, flag, South, though. East Asian. Yeah. yeah, oh, was there? Okay, then yeah. In the well, very first scene in Los Angeles, like the first shot, there was a Filipino flag. And I was like, they're Filipino! And then, you know, <laughs> she proceeded to speak in a demonic tongue, <laughs> aka Tagalog. And that was very funny to me. God, yeah. yeah. But God. you're right, like, nothing has any context. And I thought when Rachel Ways, when, you know, Angela showed up, like, we're gonna get a little bit more because she's gonna have the perspective of, I'm a new person. You have to tell me things, which is, you know. That man does not want to tell people things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the man does, in fact, not want to tell people things. <laughs> so we don't really get any. We get a lot of blood, but no exposition, which, you know, people complain a lot about how exposition is like, oh, you shouldn't do exposition so ham fistedly. But I wish there was a little bit more in this one. Because there were times I was like, huh? What? Yeah. So, yeah. And you kind of do need that in a movie that is based in, like, basically Christian theology almost. Like, I need to understand what's going on. I understand what this is, what that is. Like, why is there this marking on their wrist when they get possessed? Like, Mm -hmm. you need the background for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I think the only thing that they gave a background to was the was the actual um, lance. What did they call it in the movie? Oh, the spear, spear of destiny. Yeah, and they were like, oh, like Jesus died when he was speared. And um, Angela goes like, oh, I know that I'm Catholic. And I was like, I know that. I'm also Catholic. Tell me about <laughs> the other things. You know? <laughs> yeah. And there's also no background on like the angels and demons that are on earth which Keanu Reeves calls half-breeds and says he's gonna deport them which is definitely something to do with your life Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like are they like half human half angel half human half demon are they like less powerful angels and demons like what's the deal there we don't know I feel like that was the really lore thought, I was most interested in, and it didn't yeah, happen. I really thought, I really thought Balthazar was cool though. Like, mm-hmm. I thought every actually, like you know what you said earlier, every character here and every actor that plays that character, very good. Like, you you find yourself wishing that there was more of them. For example, the assistant guy who dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, in Chaz. a very obvious in a yeah, like you do wish a little bit that he was around just so we can so like his death would mean something more especially because Mm -hmm. earlier in the movie john constantine goes i i don't want any more ghosts following me 
with regards to when Angela said that she's going, she like she wants to do this even if she might die, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, so this is like another ghost that is following him now, and it must mean something. But because we don't really know the guy, it's like, well, okay, who even cares? You know? Yeah, yeah. you don't really like that. Is such a good point because like Chaz, his character, he's literally like um constantine's little like not lapdog but like his sidekick he's like his Mm -hmm. buddy almost it's like what is the background there like what does he mean to you like who is he like how are you guys connected like how do you feel about him like is he your friend do you see him as like a younger brother do you see him as a son like do you care about this guy in his life like when he dies like are we meant to like hold some weight behind this like are we supposed to be connected like are we supposed to have feelings towards Mm -hmm. this like it the, sh- the movie kind of does like focus a lot on Constantine because like yes he's the main character but also when you have other people in your film they need to like mm-hmm. are they important or are they not you know what right. I mean like should yeah. I care or shouldn't I yeah like Tilda Swinton's Gabriel very very well acted like mm-hmm. very interesting character mm-hmm. but I uh, don't feel compelled uh, uh compelled for compelled on or um keenly aware of the motivations behind you know gabriel's actions mm-hmm. which um i feel like you know again it's to the detriment of the movie because like of course they needed to focus on the um titular character you know but there there is everyone else here and the angels and the demon lore mm-hmm. is very interesting and yeah, they, they. I mean, the movie is already two hours long. <laughs> it is, in fact, two hours long. And yet, it yeah. managed to not bring a drop of chemistry between John Constantine and Angela. <laughs> yeah, when they kiss in the car, I was like, "Oh, like, okay. whatever." <laughs> Just like, put on the necklace and then build up the tension. Like, yeah. you don't need to kiss about this. Like, do we have to? Yeah. That? Like. Is this necessary, really? The way she's yeah. so love interest shaped, like I feel like I could yes. never really connect to Angela because I could feel like the fingers of the screenwriters like all over her. Like, the thing is, I didn't even think she was love interest shaped at the beginning or even at the middle. Yeah, I just thought like, I just thought, oh, there's this person, and there were times where I was thinking, I'm glad they're not doing a romance with these two because. <laughs> You know, she's just she's just a person here, and he's just a person here, and there are just two people. But alas, they are doing something. If not a full-fledged romance, they're doing something. And I was a bit disappointed, especially towards the end, because it felt so ham-fisted. Like, yeah. the general ending of this movie, we, I would say. Yeah, baby girl, what if we almost kissed by the side of the pool where I almost died and my sister killed herself, and then we almost kissed on the roof where my sister killed herself? <laughs> yeah. You cannot be that broken roof. up. You, you can't be. You can't be that broken up. Like, yeah. we can't be that lacking in the department. Like, you're Rachel Weiss. Be so Yeah, right exactly. Now. You're yeah. Rachel Weiss of disobedience fame. Like, you know. we we should know better like it's like yeah seeing her go to sleep and her laying there like perfectly with her hair like perfectly like yeah and like her like brazier 
Oh, right, oh right. The bed you know like... when they put the white shirt black bra combo in and then dunk someone in water. Like, mm-hmm. you know what they wanted. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, why are we doing this? And also, like, it doesn't make sense for her to be a love interest. Like, yeah. we're, we yeah. don't have time to smash. We're hunting <laughs> demons. There's no time. Literally none. Like, we, you have no humor. Her sister, yeah nothing and now yeah. we want to bring in like romance like babe be so for right now yeah when like, like he's everything happening midnight and he's like tell me it's not about the girl like why would it be what? about the girl you I... met her yesterday and you guys have not had a single conversation yeah <laughs> but apparently I... it is about the girl mm-hmm. i mean like yeah they... like racial wise is very pretty but like that, come on yeah i mean Let's just list the things that are happening in their life right now. Like, um, John Constantine, Demon Hunter since 4-5 ever or whatever. Like, since he died and came back to life. And is now dying. And is trying to find a way to not yeah, go to no, hell for eternity. Hell because he tried to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, also like... Also, the apocalypse you know, is happening that there, too. Yeah. And Angela is... Her sister just died. She just learned that all this is real. She just learned that she's ra- she's wracked by the guilt that she abandoned her sister by not accepting her powers. Like so many things are happening in their life, and um, th- and they're going teehee. Do I have is- to take all my clothes off when I go in the bath? Like shut up. Yeah, like so many things are happening, and if they did it in a like, oh, we share this connection now because we went through this arduous and. Um, very difficult time together. Like I would understand that, but the way they do it here is just I have a guy, you're a girl. We're <laughs> Can together, I make it any more obvious? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I yeah. find that so and, annoying when like screenwriters do that. It's like, oh yeah, a guy and girl in close proximity, spending time with one another. Of course they'll want to smash. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to kiss them? I, like, what? What? Why not? It's like, no, no, babe. No, and also there was a little bit of humor. I mean, I feel like this might be a bad thing, but like the way Chaz died, is that not <laughs> yeah. fun? <laughs> the way he was like, "I'm Chaz, Chaz, boom, boom, boom," like straight yeah. out, like letting. Like, that was funny. I feel like it wasn't supposed to be funny. I feel like it was supposed to be like. Oh no, we saw him like want to be just yeah. like John Constantine for real, but like blah blah blah, like his dreams will never be true. He's just a teen. But like yeah. we just see the scene of him in the cab and then like him in the club and then he dies. Like mm-hmm. so it is funny even though I don't think it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's I I, I something I found in yeah. I think, like, Chaz isn't really a character, but he's mm-hmm. almost kind of, like, um, I don't know how to explain this. He is, like, the um, object that kind of proves to you that, like, John Constantine is a good person. Look, he lets a little raggedy kid yeah. run around with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> John Constantine gets into incredibly <laughs> dangerous scenarios where he has to exercise demons, and this orphan 16-year-old drives him around wherever he goes because John Constantine is a chain-smoking, brooding white man who is haunted by the fact that he is going to hell when he dies. Like, I feel like that was all he was really there for. Yeah. And because, like, we don't really get yeah. to know Chaz or, like, who he is 
how he came to know John, what he's yeah. about, what he wants to do. He's just kind of like his little, little fanboy in a way. And right. Then, like, but then yeah. what was the post credits scene? Yeah. He becomes an angel. Yeah. Like, what Did you was see that? that for? Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. Like, yeah. was that just for, like, the sequel that's going to come out 20 years later? Like, I think they kind of <laughs> anticipated a sequel because you're right it did have like matrix vibes and the movie is kind of shot the same way like the matrix almost was like it has just about the same cinematography and like the same like open your eyes be awakened you see things that other people don't see like almost a step out of the matrix kind of vibe like it is pretty close to the matrix it just like didn't have the same like weight and brevity like you guys said with the Matrix. And I think they did anticipate, like, a second movie. Like, they did anticipate people wanting a sequel. But... Mm, yeah. But people did not. Yeah. Mm. I guess it, it just didn't do as well as they hoped it did. And it's kind of interesting to me to, like... This movie had a mid credit scene before those were popular. Like, before people would Google... Yeah. Does this movie have a mid credit scene after Marvel made it so popular? Like, this movie did it first. You know? So mm. it was ahead of its time, yeah. in a way. Right. Yeah. And I would say the there are times where the I would assume CGI, I'm not particularly sure, are like, oh, okay, that looks bad. Like the cows falling when mm. the guy like mm. was walking with the thing. But the ain't the wings, they're I think I thought they were gorgeous. I thought yeah. they looked good. And um like there are there are aspects of this movie that like visually Aside from just the cinematography, like the special effects, like they do hold up. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I really like that about it. Like angel wings, I feel are something that not everything that does angel wings gets right or cool. And um, supernatural escapes that kind of by doing the shadows. Like they just do the shadows, which yeah. I think it actually is very smart and very cool. Especially mm-hmm. given that Supernatural is not like, probably not as budgeted highly as this one, you know, mm. as like Constantine. But yeah, I thought the the wings here were really good, and yeah, something I also found interesting was the whole discourse about like if you kill yourself once, you're never gonna go to heaven, which is like I like in the Catholic Church that is a stance that people have, but uh, like. It's it's a dis. I think it's an ongoing discussion because I did talk to like we had a discussion with a professor of mine who was a priest about this exact topic, and I was like, "Huh, I didn't know that." And like watching it in Constantine, I was like, "That's very interesting. That mm-hmm. that's a thing." Yeah, yeah. I it's, thought that they were yeah. gonna like interact with that idea more. Yes, I also I mean, did. It seems kind of fucked up. But it's just like, no, it's fine if you kill yourself by sacrificing yourself for yeah. your love interest sister. Like, that gets you into heaven. But if you do it just because you're, like, sad, like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's something that as, as, you know, as awareness of mental health struggles arise, mm-hmm. um... I feel like, well, I, I here at the very least, and I don't know 
I mean, I'm wording this like I'm a practicing Catholic. I just mean like I was born and raised, but you know, yeah, you know, it's complicated when you're you older. Have, you but like here, yeah. yeah, the the churches here are more lenient now. Like, if somebody dies of that, you're allowed to like put the body in the church when the rites are happening now. So like that's a thing. Like mm-hmm. that's something that has culturally changed from 2005 to now that this movie has cemented in time in 2005. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um when people talk about like uh especially cuz like that's kind of a heavy topic in this movie which yeah. I didn't and yeah. anticipate when watching it, which also is kind of, I feel like that's also kind of why, like, you can't really make jokes in this movie, because, like, you're talking about someone taking... Yeah, it's so life. heavy. Yeah. yeah. Like, this movie really is trying to, like, be... Like, it's trying to be taken seriously. Like, it's trying to be, like, that movie. It's trying to be that girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And there are so many ideas and themes brought up in this film, but because you can't really nail down on one central thing to focus on then it's kind of just like okay well what are we saying really like even the conversation behind like taking your own life in christianity has so many different um opinions and nuances and it's something that's like kind of avoided in a way in like the christian faith because people really don't want to like dive that too dive that deeply into it because it's a very sensitive topic it's not easy to talk about here and this movie is just kind of like no 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 let's touch on it yeah let's Let's make it known let's also make fun of mental health in a way so this movie Mm. is not yeah it's not an easy watch um like i tried to get through it just so like i could get through it but at the same time i was like (laughs) there's a lot going on here babe i don't know about that this yeah. movie said, um, we're gonna talk about things, but not well. <laughs> not well enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I did want to touch on one thing, um, which is kind of just jumping off of what you guys um, talked about uh, when you brought up the, who was it? The, um, the family in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. How they were like Filipino. Filipino. Family, yeah. yeah. The Filipino family. Um, as you know, like there is a character who plays Midnight, who is like a witch doctor, and he's played by um, uh, right, Jimon Hansu, I believe so you pronounce his name, and he is an actor who has been in several movies, like he mm-hmm. was in like mm. a Steven Spielberg film, he was in the movie like in America, Blood Diamond, he was like in a Fast and Furious movie, like he's been nominated for like Golden Globes and uh, Screen Actors Awards and everything like that, and. He's a phenomenal actor, and seeing him in this movie is kind of like, oh my gosh, one of his early roles. Oh, yay! And, like, he's playing a witch <laughs> yeah. doctor, you know? He right. A kind of, like, neutral party, so to speak, where, like, here is a person of color that I go to whenever I need help. Yep. Here is my magical Negro yeah. right here yep. in the movie. It's like, yay! Yeah. And yay! <laughs> just thinking of this movie, it's like, 
how many roles is he going to be in where he is literally playing a match like playing the assistant yeah. playing the helper like it's Constantine and then like I feel like the most recent movie is like his role in Guardians of the Galaxy I don't think in the newer one but in like the first and the second one him playing like a helper almost is kind of like how many times how many more times is he gonna like be in these roles you know and like I feel like that reminds me of um when he did this interview and he talked about how like he's been in Hollywood for so long like he's been an actor for like 30 years and wow. he has not gotten paid any better he has not received mm -hmm. the recognition he deserves he has mm -hmm. not really like won an award truly and he keeps getting like sidelined in these supporting characters or he is simply helping the main character in movies and not having a leading role where he is his own person and that's honestly disappointing because he is a phenomenal actor and people know yeah. him from like just about everything you know what i mean and mm -hmm. it just reminds me of like how many phenomenal actors there are out there who are so talented and great like lance reddick you know like he's one of those actors where you you saw him in everything but no one really knew who he was and then he passed away recently and then like mm. you shouldn't recognize someone for their talents and like how they inspire you when they're not here anymore like you <laughs> should recognize that when they're here and so right. It just mm -hmm. made me think of that when I was watching the movie. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm watching him in his early days. And it's like, it's so, it sucks when you're like, you watch a movie from like 2000s and you see an actor you love and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Like you're doing so well now. Like everyone knows who you are. It's like, no, nope, not for him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not yeah. Like, like not like people don't know who he is, but like, he's not like Michael B. Jordan, you know? Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess, like, on the general race aspect of the movie, like, it opens with a scene yeah. in Mexico, God. right? Um, yeah. Where, you know, there are two scavengers, and one of them finds the Spear of Destiny, and, like, the entire movie is, like, intercut with, like, scenes of this guy who got possessed by the demon, like, coming closer and closer to L.A., and he doesn't have a name he doesn't speak he's like purely like a vessel like big scary man with a demon in him yeah and i feel like that like coupled with the deportation language and like i feel like like the mexico la border is very like it's not shown in the movie but it's very much a point of tension in the movie where you're supposed to go oh no like he's so close he's gonna cross he can cross that's bad and it's just like huh what a mess what yeah. a mess and he's like dead in the pool for like the entire like last half hour <laughs> of the movie yeah and, like, his corpse is supposedly just floating there somewhere they don't do anything about that um which yeah. i find pretty disturbing and then right like we open with the scene in mexico and then we go to this asian family in this all asian tenement which is both filipino and chinese somehow and I feel like that also feels very like I don't know. Oh, here's just, an like, other. Yeah, yeah, here's an other. Like here's like, a creepy other and right. yeah. Yeah. And the fact that like yeah. I don't know. And then like John Constantine shows up and he's like the first white guy and he's all mm -hmm. cool and whatever. I'm gonna save these people. 
It's just, yeah. yeah. And then, like, we don't run into other people of color besides Midnight, who, as you said, is a witch doctor. It is just, I don't know. I think I wrote in my notes that the whiteness of this movie has a palpable taste to it. Like, I can feel it on my tongue as I watch it. Not a palpable yeah. taste. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, you're not wrong, but also, like, damn. That's actually, like, yeah. kind of a read. Yeah. I. It is sad because, like, it opens with the Mexico bit and then mm-hmm. the Filipino family. And I actually was very happy to see the Filipino flag and then the place that they're in because I thought it looked very Filipino. Like, the maximalist aesthetic of Filipino homes was very well done in the introduction of that scene. And then, like, it was, like, and then, you know, every, like, everything else like, oh, okay. And then we don't see that ever again. And the rest of the movie is, yeah, in fact, very that, wide. Like, those are both, like, very, like, Catholic countries, like the Philippines and Mexico, right? Because of colonization and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's like, oh, like, here are the Catholics who get possessed by demons, and then here are the white Catholics who come and fix everything. Felt like the yeah. vibes. <laughs> yeah. I guess when you texted me that, oh, you're gonna love this because you're Catholic, I think. <laughs> I, I didn't say I, love this. I, I said, hopefully you'll have more to contribute than me because you're Catholic. All I have to contribute yeah. is bitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I I saw that and then I saw that there's a Filipino family and I was like, well, um, we, we, we are predominantly um, Catholic people. I think we're the most Catholic country in the world or something. And... Um, like, I I think like having like a Catholic theme thing that can be like perceived from the perspective of a Filipino in like the U.S. could be interesting. But uh, alas, but alas, but alas, yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of like the silent Asian trope that you see in a lot of TV shows, where like you have. An Asian character in your show, and like they don't talk. Like, hmm. um, the boys, the character in the boys, and then like, um, Orange is the New Black. Like, yeah, what? How did that happen? The, yeah, like, yeah. there's also one in what's this? Um, Ex Machina, right? Like, the one robot that is Asian doesn't speak, and that is something that, like, I think is also. It's a lot. Like it's a lot to get into, and I'm sure there's, um, like papers about it online or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure there are hundred ones. But yeah. I actually do love the end credit credit scene because I think mm. it's so cool how like I think it's like kind of ironic that um little Chas became an angel, <laughs> sacrificing himself, like standing up to a demon, and like uh now. The person he was like revering, uh, Constantine, is still damned to hell. And I feel like in a sequel, if there was a sequel, it would have been interesting to see the like, chats interact with um, uh, Constantine and like be like all high and mighty because he's an angel now. And so, like, yeah, him trying to like not um, 
not really like antagonizing Constantine, but kind of like picking at him and be like, I mean, you never saw me as anything, and now here I am. Like I am right. that girl. Kind of like um, that one character in Ted Lasso. I think his name is Nick. How like he was bullied and picked mm-hmm. on, and then suddenly he became the coach. But then he kind of became like the enemy because he got like a little too big for his britches and like got a big head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, babe, we're doing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Did you read the ending as Constantine being damned to hell? I sort of thought that, like, he was, like, clean slate. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... He thought it was clean slate, and then the whole, like, Gabriel asking uh, John to shoot was like, uh, damn yourself again, and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But what did you think of the gum? Like... Oh, I'm I'm a changed man now. I'm gonna <laughs> chew nicotine gum. I suppose that is instead Which of smoke. he had in his pocket the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> this whole time he had nicotine gum. Did you catch that? Like at the yeah. end, his back is turned and he pulls out a something from his pocket. Right, and, and like, you think it's gonna, gonna be, be a another cigarette, cigarette, but yeah. it's nicotine gum. And then it passes him from, and he puts the gum in his mouth, and it's like, oh, okay. So it's about like changing and like. Um, now that I have a new lease in life, I will be a better person yeah. because I'm not going to smoke anymore. Yeah. 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 Honestly, I... this is a movie I'm never going like... to watch again. <laughs> that is true. Mm. That is true. Even it's trying two to hours this... of my life and it will remain two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Even trying to get through this movie, I was like, at one point I was just like, let's skip through everything. Let's just get to the bits. Like, let's just get through this. Like, let's just wrap it up right now because no like... because yeah like the the what is told mm-hmm. to like if you're a supernatural fan and you know you read about cassiel and the making of his character everyone says like oh he's based on constantine but he's i think based off of the comics guy comics yeah yeah and not like this movie so yeah, I suppose this this is an interesting look into that. I also yeah, found this guy it, is a Dean uh, Winchester at best. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also find it ironic that like there was a TV show called Constantine that like aired, oh there was yeah it aired around the same time that Supernatural had like season I think it was like twelve. It was like twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. It was airing, and like the thing is like mm-hmm. Constantine that character is in the DC universe. So it was right. show on NBC, but then they made a reappearance in like Arrow and like The Flash and like DC Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm thinking like, here is a character that Supernatural has a, another character based off of in Christian theology. And you could be on a CW show that also has um, themes of Christian theology, but instead you're on the show where a man runs really fast <laughs> and they travel through time to fight monsters. Like what? What? You they know? already have a trench coat wearing person, so they can't. They can have constant duty. Yeah, their trench coat but, yeah. budget. They ran out. They couldn't get another one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cass's trench coat was in fact Burberry in season nine, <laughs> so they can't get another <laughs> trench coat. They've run out of money. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. watching Constantine just made me think about how like when I was into Supernatural how it was lack of a better word good like at least oh. when, like they were... well what season until what season did you watch well here's the thing I have watched every season of Supernatural 
And that's I, amazing. I am one of those fans where like when one season would end, I would go back to the beginning and rewatch it. Like I have oh, watched wow. Supernatural. <laughs> like yeah. it's been years since I've watched it. Like the last time I watched it was 2020, but like mm-hmm. it's still in there. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's still in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I saw it doesn't your podcast, leave. It doesn't leave. Yes. When I saw the name of your podcast, Busty Asian Beauties, I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and it like unlocked the door. <laughs> It was like, it's all falling back to me now. It's all coming back to me now. So, okay, if I can ask, like, which one is your favorite season? Because I feel like that's a good gauge of what people watch Supernatural for, what season they like the most. Which one is your favorite? Hmm. Is it four? Oh my gosh, wow. That's so interesting because, like, I, in my mind, I feel like four is like the best answer. Because it's just yeah. before Apocalypse, so it's setting everything up, and it's like such a good penultimate season of if Supernatural did end with season five. But in mm-hmm. my like, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna be like sincere and tell you, yes, this answer is gonna be a little strange. But I have two favorite seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is season three because yes. it's not even that it's like the shortest season, but season three is like the season of Supernatural where they didn't take itself seriously. You know, it was in the middle mm-hmm. of the 2007 writer's strike. It has 16 mm-hmm. episodes. And majority of the episodes are crank episodes, so to speak. Like, you have mm-hmm. Mystery mystery Spot, Ghost Facers. Um, I think the episode with the uh, fairy tales is in season three, too. Oh, uh, Bedtime yeah. Stories. Bad tales, three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bedtime Stories. So that's all in season three. Season three did not take itself that seriously, even though, like, season two was such a good season. But season three is really, like, mm-hmm. the writers aren't here, so we're just going to goof up and have fun. And I feel like season three was, like, the yeah. beginning of Supernatural introducing comedy into its show. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, like, yeah, We can do lore. We can do theology. We can do all the, like, things that go bump in the night and monster of the week. But we can also have fun with the show and we could poke fun at it and like from season three we got like changing channels french mistake fan fiction you know but i like season 12 because it is after season 11 like i feel like season 11 is a little bit of a sleeper season but season 12 introduced so many new characters and so many new ideas and themes and i feel like it's a little underrated because a lot of people like season 13 better because that's when Jack is introduced and we have a new character mm, yeah. in the show and a new main character that makes the show like that lifts the show up that makes it a lot more interesting but season 12 yeah. I feel like it's interesting because like that's when Mary comes back yeah. and that's also yeah. when a lot of new characters are introduced like there's the twin witches that they introduced right. like, the oh, and Max and Alicia Baines yes. yeah 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 I like them I thought they were cool and also like the yeah. character who played Max they the were. Witch, he's a good actor like he's been in other things past supernatural <laughs> like he's a he's actually oh, good, good for actor him. yeah and also yeah. I think season 13 um also had like you know wayward sisters like that episode but mm-hmm. even before mm-hmm. then they were kind of introducing like Alex and Claire and Donna and Jody you know so I feel like season 12 yeah. was like them introducing new ideas and trying to have a little bit of fun in the newer seasons and it's less of the funny um crank episodes and more of like the lore and getting back to like men of letters and like figuring out what it is yeah. to be brothers you know and 
I I like that about season 12, you know. Um, I know some people, I, I know that most Supernatural fans will be like, just watch seasons one through five. It's basically like the best part of the oh. show. And like, of course, that's the most cohesive <laughs> part of the show. But like, yeah. I, being a Supernatural fan who has watched every single season, I will say the same thing to new people because I'm not expecting you to watch 15 seasons of a show. Like, I'm not expecting you to get through yeah. that. Like, it's it's fine. Like, I only watched it out of nostalgia and, like, mental illness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. Like, I found that is how it like, goes. 14, Tumblr, Melanie Martinez, Lana Del Rey. Like, super luck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 It, it really gets you on that nostalgia. But, uh, you know what? The season 12 answer is not that shocking to me because mm-hmm. in the same vein i think like my favorite season of supernatural is 14 mm-hmm. because of the same reasons that you like season 12 it like um it expands the world mm-hmm. and which much needed for the show at that time yeah and i feel like with a lot of the newer seasons um people really were kind of like Season 12 almost is kind of like season four in a way because they were trying to stop Lucifer from creating Nephilim. You yeah. Know? Like they were trying yeah, yeah. to stop Lucifer from like, um, like, you know, making a kid almost. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in season 13, we meet Nephilim. We meet Jack. We understand who he is. We yeah. see what's going on. And it was really interesting. And I feel like it was a lot of fun and um overall like they introduced crowley a lot more back in like season 12 which i always loved crowley i always thought he was a lot of fun and i love mark shepherd as an actor <laughs> like he's one of those actors yeah. like he would supernatural doctor who and he was also in the show doom patrol on um hbo well it was on dc's mm-hmm. um streaming service first and then they put it on hbo so people could actually like have a chance to watch it yeah but that was a good show too that as well yeah yeah didn't a supernatural yeah. writer work on doom patrol or am i getting it jeremy mixed carver up he's a creator got it yeah mm-hmm. yeah also season... carver used to be a runner yeah yes remember jeremy carver the person who thought it would be a good idea to kill charlie day yeah mm-hmm. he was 8 to 11 right or 8 to tw- 8 to 11 yeah and then 12 to 14 is stab mm. wow <laughs> anyway, let's round back about to Constantine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm done talking about Constantine. Like, overall, like, I'm never watching that movie again. <laughs> yeah, never. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the, it's, it was a slog. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, that's at least Gabriel was in a cool outfit. Yeah, at least Gabriel was hot. That outfit was really good yeah. you were yeah, so right the like jeans with the like slit cut and then like the shoelace sort of style it's white yeah like it's white and then when the wings get burned it turns like soot covered that's really right. cool that was cool the wings looked amazing too like the burned off stumps of wings yeah cool. i wish that cool stuff. gabriel was in like some cool sneakers though instead of like barefoot stepping Bare on Constantine's feet. neck like that was definitely yeah. someone on the crew was like hey I've got a really good idea don't think about it too hard but what if <laughs> don't think about it too hard <laughs> what if yeah 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 and I remember like sending you guys um the 
I remember sending you guys the um, the list of movies that we could talk about, and I was really like mm-hmm. looking through the films, and I was like, there aren't a lot of movies that are similar to Supernatural that kind of mm-hmm. like. I don't know how to say this, are really like Supernatural in a way. Because, like, Supernatural stood the test of time in comparison to its um, other... I don't know how else to say this, but, like, Wonder foes. Era. Yeah. Like, better mm-hmm. rivals, mm-hmm. almost. Like, when you think about all the shows that aired in 2005, and the fact that Supernatural stood the test of time, it kept going, it is amazing. Because, like, us as Supernatural fans, we'll talk about how bad the show is. You look online, it's, like, one of the best-reviewed shows that's been on for yeah. so long. And then you think right. about other shows that have the same um, subject matter as Supernatural. Like, Constantine, yeah. Midnight Texas, like, Firefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, so many other yeah. shows that try to do what it did, but it didn't even last that long. Like, I feel like the only other show that, like, compares to Supernatural really is like The Magicians but that went on that went on for a couple mm-hmm. seasons but not 15 you know what right. I mean Sarah Gamble you don't think Buffy is like up right? there yeah yeah you don't think Buffy is up there with Supernatural actually I don't know much about Buffy but I I really hear that like it's the Supernatural it is like Buffy was Supernatural's predecessor and um, yeah it was really good like it was beloved it was a really great show it's just that like it didn't run for as long as supernatural did ah, like yeah. it had seven mm-hmm. seasons and it was really great but like you know we have like buffy and you had like angel after like as kind of like a spinoff of that and then like charmed is also another show that is similar to supernatural in a way but when you when i talk about like supernatural i talk about how like it started in a different era of television and yeah. it continued and it on. ended in another yeah yeah, yeah like in season 15 they had episodes named galaxy brain like yeah like by season like, tiktok or whatever i think in the yeah. episodes I think they mentioned Fortnite once in an episode, and I was like, oh, "That's that's not belong in the supernatural universe." Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was like, "Why do they know about Fortnite? This show is from 2005." And I was like, "Oh yeah, because it is still happening." Yeah, it's insane to think about a show that started in like 2005 and like it was on for so long that like Snooki was a guest star on it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah that's crazy to me, and like. I sometimes forget, like, those kind of things happen. Like, Paris Hilton was on it. Snooki, mm-hmm. like... How, how did that happen? <laughs> like, Charisma Carpenter was on the show? Like... Right. Y'all, what are you doing a lot here? Of, a lot of people watched that thing. Yeah. 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 I feel like the only show that I know from 2005 that's still airing is, like, New Doctor Who. And that's, that's just, like, a British, like, cultural staple or whatever. So... Mm. That that's being kept yeah. alive via the BBC forever, and that in itself yeah. is like a spinoff, because they also have the older version of the show that aired in like the nineties, yeah. I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I think Grace Anatomy is oh, uh, like, with length, right? Like it's ass long. Yes, it's, it is it's like long. season eighteen right now or something. Oh yeah, it it, over, it has survived beyond supernatural grace and adam survived the pandemic like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why he's on this podcast today (laughs) what exactly oh no me because my name is anatomy yeah that's so funny yeah 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like we have um, run the gamut. Um, and our free content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. um, so last segment of the podcast would be watch list. Um, are there mm-hmm. any movies or TV shows that are coming out that you guys are excited to watch or yes. can't wait to see? Yes, there are. Um, no like, Chris, okay, though. this week was a good week for trailers because we got the Good Omen season two trailer mm-hmm. and we got the trailer for Bottoms. Have you heard of Bottoms? Yes, I'm excited for that movie. Yes, I'm very excited for Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Rachel Sennett in Bodies, 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 and she was great in that. Um, I've not watched The Bear or anything else that Io Devery really is in, but you I've heard it. that so she's good. okay. I've been meaning to maybe watch it, but we'll see. But yeah, um, well, I saw her in like one episode of Abbott Elementary, and she was great on there too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Bottoms. Uh, Gray, do you have you seen the trailer? No, um, uh, but I'm familiar with the. It's like a high school setting. This is the one. Yeah, it's yeah, the high it's, school one. It's where, basically the movie where like they make a fight club to hook up yeah, with yeah. cheerleaders. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I support and, that. Yeah, I support that also. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. <laughs> I also love um, the like yeah. where Sean Lynch is in this movie, which I feel mm. like will be a lot of fun. And I also love it when like films that have like such an interesting premise and actually look good have right. you know actors in there like kind of newer actors like i see that um kaya gerber she's in this movie and i feel like she's more of like a model almost and less of like an actress like you know when people like mm. say like hi my name is blah 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 i'm a model and an actress and it's like girl what have you acted <laughs> in what have i seen you in like be for real right now like her actually <laughs> being in this film that like looks funny and looks interesting it looks like it's not gonna take itself so- too seriously i think would be a lot of fun to like watch yeah yeah mm-hmm. i agree it seems like a for, fun time yeah for me um i mean i've scheduled like going out with specific friends for so long when this movie comes out but barbie obviously is yeah, yeah i feel is Everyone's excited about Barbie. Yeah, it's coming out it's July like 24th. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's and so far. I've already was like, these are the people I'm going to watch it with. And this is the place we're going to watch it in. Let's see what the schedule is like when we get there. <laughs> but we're going to watch it. And, you know, it's just fun because uh, I, for one, like grew up with Barbie. And now it's like, oh, it's Barbie, but for my age now. And it's like, it's fun in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, for me, like, I feel like I've, I've been telling myself that the Barbie movie is going to be bad to temper my expectations because I feel like it's been hyped so much that it can't be as good as people say it is. But I feel like, like, I'll probably definitely just have a fun time looking at the set design and the costuming already. And mm. it hopefully will also be good. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Yeah, uh, something else that I am excited about that is coming out on July 7th that I found out about like yesterday um, is Joyride. Oh yeah, I'm excited to watch the movie too. That looks Because kind of Stephanie Hsu is in it yes. and the trailer looks very funny. Yes. So we'll yeah. see if it manages to do that. Um, but yeah, the plot of that is like, there are two friends. Um, one is like Chinese but has been adopted by a white family and like they're going on a trip to China to find her birth parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it 
sort of just becomes a romp. I don't really... The trailer doesn't make it clear exactly what's happening. It seems like they will be having sex and stuffing cocaine up their assholes. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, I think, like, overall, this movie is supposed to be, like, in the same vein of, like, Longshot, Bridesmaids, like, this is fully, Mm -hmm. like, there is kind of, like, the start this the clear premise of like i want to find my birth parents and also like we're here to have fun like we're here right. to like, get lit get loose and have some fun so i'm excited for that I yeah it'll be really good yeah mm-hmm. also have you guys seen the movie polite society no no okay so i actually saw that it was um i think it already came out in theaters it came out in april and i'm sad that i didn't get to see it like in theaters because it looked so good. Uh, it was about this girl, she's basically like a martial artist in training, and she wants to save her sister from getting married, because I think it's like an arranged marriage, and it's supposed mm. to be like high energy, kind of like um, John Wick, kind of like martial arts throughout the whole movie, and mm-hmm. it has um, Ritu Arya, Ar- Ar- Arya in the movie, and she's from um, Umbrella Academy, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have watched that show, but like she was in Umbrella Academy, and she's a really good actress. So I um, haven't watched the movie yet, but that's something that I am looking forward to watching. And I wish I watched it in theater so I could like support it and give it my money. But like, right? Girl. Yeah. Guys, I want to thank um, Crystal and Gray for coming on the pod. Um, uh, you know the two co-hosts of busty asian beauties podcast uh you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts and is there anything else that you guys want to plug uh, before we end the show um uh <laughs> absolutely <laughs> nothing i don't say yeah we just, no, you know yeah we have a lot of fun in bad bod so if if you're into supernatural and one like like also uh, can hate on it a lot yeah yeah, we are, um, we're not, like, um, very, uh, reverent towards, towards the show. Yes, yeah. we are not reverent to Supernatural. But, you know, if you can take a little dishing, but also, you know, appreciation for the show. And also, want to just it's hear a, a summary of every episode for some reason. <laughs> like, yeah. we're here. We are here. That's yeah. all, yeah. Thanks so much for having us. This was great. And thank you so much for coming yeah. on, guys. And everyone, don't forget to check us out on Patreon. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Let your friends and families know let your friends and family know about your favorite podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. And I will see you guys next week. New episode, new guest, every single week. Bye.